namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa putang dhammang sangang namasami So the community here is um, coming towards the end of their um, three-month retreat. And so naturally there's a kind of sense of the future and things to do and things to plan and things to get going with. So it's really important to actually you know, find a way to make that transition, you know, so we don't just kind of spasm into frantic activity or or seize up. <laughs> and it's really almost the thing that we um, do every, every time we, you know, we, we have a meditation period. You know, the most important pieces of it is how how you go into meditation and then how you come out of it. You go into it really with uh, a sense of what's called um, wise attention or yonisomalisikara, which means you kind of, you know, you don't just dump in, but you try to set it up a little bit, you know. One of the ways of that is just where where is the where is is this kind of sense of this particular theme like where is the sense of suffering or stress or the unresolved or the pressure or the push where what's that where's that happening now you know so in other words this is a kind of prelude to the four noble truths so obviously our minds can attend to many many things to um, things we should do or shouldn't do or are or aren't other people and you know future the past what one is what one other people are and so on then the manasikara you only saw manasikara wise attention is just right now you know to to approach all 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 formations all these mental currents and turbulences with was it was the feeling of of pressure or or you know, how have we experienced this sense of stress, stressing? Yeah. The reaching out or the holding back, the wanting to run or the wanting to seize up, you know, to defend or to hold on or to run out, you know. So, you know, you can see these kind of, most likely look at, uh, uh, um, Water, and you might see this kind of bits and pieces floating on the water, and they're moving around. And you could get into the leaves, or the froth, or the twigs, or on the surface. But you try to look into the the actual currents, the turbulences, and where are they coming from? Mm. So, and this means this particular kind of attention is a mobile attention. This is a questioning attention. It's check it out. Like that, so this is always considered to be the the prelude before we 
set up mindfulness, which means mindfulness, you found a particular theme that you want to use the steady and calm in mind, and you, you hold, you bear with that, you stay with that, you know, your breathing or your body or sensations or quality of heart, kindness, metta, like this, you just kind of hold that, and you can kind of hold that against these currents, or let these currents pass into that and gradually be resolved. So we feel ourselves feeling anxious, or you know, feeling what it's like in the body, and softening, breathing, winding. Feel ourselves feeling speedy, buzzing. You know, you know, I guess coming down through the, the hands and the feet, breathing out through the hands and the feet. Feeling ourselves feeling tight, compressed. You know, or we've got a negative um, mind state or negative opinion of someone. Just um, this quality of widening the heart. So this is how we come in. This is also how we come out. Meditation. <laughs> yeah. So how do you? You know, how do you? What's your exit point? You might say of a formal meditation period. Yeah. This is why you know. Here is a as a just as a kind of formula we have this sharing of merit um or punya sharing of the the inner resources merit isn't a terribly happy kind of word, but uh one's your boy scouts, but it means punya means a sense of bounty or wealth, so we have a certain inner wealth um and you recognize that actually, you know, you may not think you have much wealth until you start sharing, and you find you do. <laughs> so it's an interesting process. As soon as you bring up the attitude of sharing or the sense of wishing to share with others, then you find that there is this lovely, that already is wealth. You know, the wishing to share already is is a sense that one has generosity, one has kindness one and sensitivity you know? yeah, so you feel a sense of uplift in that yeah. so you're kind of grounding yourself and then starting to just come out rather than be pulled out into activities just come out it's almost like rather than being pulled out actually come from within and, and open out mm. yeah so this is actually something that we do bef- before we come into action. You know. And as a regular practice, it's good to do it. You know, when you begin the day, you finish your meditation, just and at the end of the day. So in that time, you know, you, you kind of might start to bear in mind one or two people, you know, or just open up, just like anybody, anything, and then see which what comes up. And you find there are different kinds of beings come into the mind. Worry, beings, happy beings, sublime beings, human beings, um, tormented beings. <coughs> Some of them are more like energies. You feel these, these um, energies of deprivation and need, energies of 
violence and anger and irritation energies of of um, you know sort of dark stuff and then also joyful stuff so it's kind of like whatever's there you know we bring in the quality of of release into that of of not contending with it of not tightening it up so sometimes you know these energies come up and they're particular people we know you know faces images you know take on become like this (coughs) senses of people we feel separated from and lost to people we feel some sadness about people we feel inspired by you know and actually where are these people they're they're occupying places in one's own heart and mind. So then you they come up just bringing that into mind and you know, releasing any sense of, of um, agitation around that. Just may this being be free, may they let go. I don't know whether what effect this has on, you know, you know, on the outside world, <coughs> such. But I do know that, um, you know, one or two people have had long-term difficulties with just by doing this in my mind without really resolving anything. That I've sort of seen them in a different light. You know, start to get a sense of of um, not being so reactive. You know. To, to to them, and when I'm not reactive, then again there's this, you know, um, something innate. Innate. I think it's quite innate to feel a sense of uh, warmth, friendliness, resonance with beings. When one isn't reacting from a feeling of pressure or compulsion or agitation. So I do find this this does help. Mm. A sense of being able to share. Because of course our lives on the ordinary everyday level are always going to be working with other people to some extent or another. And in that, you know, this sense of resonance, sharing. This is the quality that, you know, brought the Buddha into teaching. So the Buddha had realized this tremendous realization and nibbana and kind of freedom out of out of the out of the compounded world. And it's just bliss, you know, very peaceful with that. And he just got this sense of resonance, anukampang, it's called literally means something like trembling with. So shivering with, like something in the mind actually, even in that very uh you know, sublime or peaceful or state some sort of resonance. And it's said to come from Brahma Sahampati, you know. Brahma Sahampati means literally the kind of Brahma is a formless deity and Sahampati is the kind of uh, it's supposed to be the guardian of the world. And so it's this kind of very high deity, God. You could say God spoke, you know. <laughs> This is, it doesn't go down too well with Buddhists. 
But uh, however you interpret that, you know, I tend to interpret a lot of this stuff as a, uh, you know, as as kind of places in consciousness. Somehow this sense in consciousness arose of a certain resonance, resonance of, of being aware that that there's a whole universe of beings around. And somehow we are, we're in that. And so then bringing forth his resolve to, to bring the Dhamma. He didn't quite know how to do it at first, but he, he, he gradually, his whole approach really was to not to teach Nibbana, ultimate truth, but to teach to actually touch into something that everybody experiences, which is the sense of dukkha, stress, suffering, unfulfillment, pressure, you know, anxiety, this kind of thing. Because he knew that everybody would actually, oh, yeah, I know what that is. You know, my interest in Nibbana might be for one afternoon over a cup of coffee talking about it. But my interesting suffering is very, very, you know, innate because it's something I really don't want to have happen. So it was a kind of skillful entry point. You know, this is what we can all reach. Everybody is experiencing this to some extent or another. We never, you know, come to the world like that. Then... You're actually approaching different place in yourself. You know, I found it quite interesting to recognise I could, you know, I could think of people, and in thinking of people, I could very clearly say, you know, come up with all these reasons of why he's like this and that, and she's like that, and you know, discriminate. And like, but when I come to the heart, I could find even people I feel some sense of difficulty with there's basically a you know I can both like people and, f- and feel difficulty at the same time it doesn't <laughs> you know a sense of uh, you know I'm in difficulty with some difficulties myself actually things that disappoint me about myself <laughs> you know and it, it's not a contradiction because in that place of resonance, you have a, a sense of, you know, the compounded, the finite, the the uh, defined, the person. That this is what it's like, you know. It's what all of them are like that, you know, because they the personality itself already is dukkha, you know, limited, incomplete, formed. It's not unlimited. So therefore, it's always that. You know, when you, and everybody experiences about themselves, about others. It's just such a common theme, and you resonate with that. But less, less um, reactive, more sense of opening compassion comes from that. I think this is a very helpful kind of mode to set the mind in. Because it's also the need to differentiate, you know. 
in some way we are in a situation of cooperating, meeting, merging, sharing. We're also very much in a situation where there's a need to be separate. You know, to say, well, no, actually, that doesn't work for me. You know, um, no, this, this is this is mine when it's yours, or you know, because if you don't have that, then it gets uh, you can't actually work out your own karma, your own stuff. You know, so this can be quite a difficulty because there can be a tremendous wish to just kind of belong to everything, you know, be part of everything. You know, there's this sort of teachings on you know interconnection of all beings. Well, interconnection of all beings. You know, I don't know if I really want that. Actually, <laughs> it's like kind of conga. You know, <laughs> there's dance. I mean, so you know, it's like being next to one other being is quite difficult. Like difficult, isn't it? It's like running a three-legged race, but connected to all beings. You know, um, is that such a good idea? <laughs> I like to have a sense of resonance, but also, yeah, but you know, this bit is sort of, you've got some skin around this bit. This is the me bit. You know? <laughs> so, that sense of diff- being able to have boundaries, clear boundaries, helps. Then we don't get overwhelmed, we don't get dragged, we don't get steamrolled over, we don't get stuck in, we don't get enmeshed in, you know, and those, it's very important if you, you know, have a sense of boundaries, limitations, definitions, kind of lines, you know, something that doesn't like lines, but lines are really helpful, because then you, you can kind of move freely within that, you know what you're doing, you know what game you're playing. So, of course, in you know monastic training is a lot of lines you know rules, limitations, routines, customs, duties, this, that, and the other, and they are they're they're important, you know they're not just a kind of mechanical thing, but they're important. Because they allow, if they're properly drawn, they allow the sense of people being able to, to work together because of certain game plans, you know, certain limitations within that. How we operate. Checks and balances. So I find, from, you know, my using that also uh, in terms of what to pick up. I mean, coming out of coming out three month retreat, it can be a huge sense of, you know, so many things to to address or pick up. That uh, you know, saying, well, we, yeah, you know, that's that's the hovering perception. That's the sense of that, but you know, actually, 
put traffic lights in there. And we do this one. Look, is that okay? You know, move on to that one. They can only do one thing at a time. And what's the most important thing? You know? So being able to kind of create some structure, which we're encouraged to do because there's so much structure. But this, actually creating it in yourself, in your own way of operating, your own way of doing things, is really uh, helpful. Mm-hmm. And we take these things to be absolutes, it's, uh, it gets very hard-edged. But if we don't have any of them, then things get very scrambled. So I used to have, used to have people, friends, associates, didn't like any boundaries. Boundaries, barriers, divisions, and so on. But, um, you know, to be completely open. It's generally people had an enormous amount of energy. <laughs> so it generally meant the feeling was was like, you know, being steamrolled over, steamrolled over. Because <laughs> all boundaries are somehow kind of restricted. Let's just be really, you know, and that's uh, fine if you've got a lot of energy, you know, and then you, you're, you know, you just, bulldozer over everything else <laughs> so you know I found one great word in the English language called no <laughs> one particular dear colleague of mine <laughs> who shall be nameless I just wouldn't bother to even reason I'd just say no just no no <laughs> no just <laughs> no point even going to just no. <laughs> just holding that long enough till he could actually, you know, calm down enough to to to, to explain why. But you really have to kind of hold hold boundaries. Uh, <laughs> without really getting kind of negative about it, you know. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes getting negative about it as well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because it, it, you realise that this, you know, you, on a person, on a personal, this level of experience where we seem to be separate individuals then it's never actually going to be fusion. Like everybody's going to be flowing along all together. There's going to be places where it's different. If you can't respect those senses of difference, then it becomes a tyranny or a conformist thing or a cult thing or, you know, fascination. You've got to belong to the group. And that sense of being able to, to understand you know, the, the boundaries, the need for boundaries, how to establish them clearly. You know, so there's enough space. It's one of those, you know, words that people, you know, who are listening to people on the retreats, oh, it's great, I had some space, you know. I was really pleased because they gave, the other people gave me a lot of space. You know, finally found enough space to be <coughs> with my stuff. It was great having a time in the forest where I'd have some space. 
<laughs> the space thing is obviously a very important feature of what people like, <laughs> what works, and where does that come from? You know, well, space generally means it's a boundary, isn't it? Say, so, you know, now I'm I'm on my own. I'm sealed off. You know, now I've got some space. Yeah. Space would seem to be the opposite of boundaries. Actually, space is there because there is boundaries, yeah. and you've got to kind of also recognise that internally. That you've got to create boundaries in your own mind to say, "Well, sorry, you can't. You know, you can't do that right now. That's enough of that. It's time to do this." You know, so that you're giving yourself some space internally. It's not always the case. Meditation retreat, generally there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, possibilities of having boundaries and space and privacy and silence and not being contacted. When you come out of it, then those things get get lessened. So, you know, how to generate space in yourself, saying certain things. You know, concerns or interests, and just put that aside. It's not the time right now. Being able to pace yourself in what you pick up. I'm not so good at this myself, but I'm working on it, you know. Finding a kind of like you know, looking at my diary. I've just got a book. Two thousand and nine is already all booked up. Two thousand and ten is already all booked up. Two thousand and eleven is starting to fill up. I'm thinking, how did I get into this? You know, <laughs> so it's that feeling of, oh well, all right then. Oh, that sounds like a good. Okay, oh yeah, right then. All right, I'll do that then. You know, without really recognizing fully, it's all right to say. Uh, no, yeah. not have aversion, but just the, uh, you know, I, I can't, you know, there's got to be enough ventilation to allow other things to happen. Mm. Space is the uh, element that's in uh, danger of extinction, I think, in the human realm. Everybody feels this, uh, particularly in ordinary household life, the sense of the pressure and the push and the momentum of it, and things you've got to have fixed. Mm. You know. I was working on a computer, and they have this thing. Um, You have a little what's called a toolbar. You're probably all familiar with this little toolbar, and there's this. You can get all these different bits you can put on it, so you can have a kind of bookmark bit and a a little button goes on this thing. And there's a little thing saying "Add more stuff," and you actually look at it. There's there's like hundreds. I didn't even get to the end of the list because it kept. I didn't just hundreds. Of gadgets you can stick on this toolbar. Hundreds of them. I mean, silly things like, you know, 
put something on, some fish start appearing on your on your screen or crossword puzzles or something. Just endless stuff that you can do. I mean, so much so I couldn't even review it all to see. Let's think. My goodness, how about space? <laughs> A space button where everything just goes boom, quiet. <laughs> they didn't have one of those. <laughs> you know. So that's the button you've got to establish in your own mind, <laughs> rather than the or the rest of it. You know, the space button. <laughs> Hit the space button. And it's it's an in, you can see it's it's an internal as much as an external faculty. I mean, one can sit in meditation and feel completely tightened up and overwhelmed with thoughts, and feelings. You know, you know, nothing's in one way. Nothing's happening except those turbulences. And it's good practice because when you start to recognize that, you know, the future, the past, oneself, and other people, those are the four you can generally find the turbulences start occurring around. And those are all have a certain reality to them, don't they? They're not, everybody knows what we mean by that. So you're actually sensing, what does that bring up? And how can I navigate from that particular scenario of the past, of what a great time that was, or I'm sorry I did that to so-and-so, or she's done this to me, and da-da-da-da. How can I feel the sense of that and then come to the sense of space again? You know, come out of the lock. And that's, that's also a very useful transitional practice. You know, because... You know, this is where they're under your skin. And for sure, you know, if they're under your skin now when you're meditating, they're going to be even bigger when you get out, you know, and start engaging. So this is the time to exercise, you know, those um, those places where we've got the hot spots in the mind. And you can be with that and feel the push, the pressure of that, the the bristling against it, the seizing of it, the spin of it, the excitement of it, the whatever it is. And how do you just, uh, you know, feel the contact of that on the heart? And always that, you know, to remember, even though, you know, it's just a, it's almost a slogan, you don't have to be this. You don't have to be trapped with this. You don't have to be meshed up with this. You know? Check it out, you know. That's the po- there's that possibility for us. It's not easy. I, I, you know, certainly understand that. It's not easy. This is what I try and do myself. What, I, what is this to me, you know? What is this to my space? What is this to my freedom? What is this to... You 
that that faculty? Am I losing that? Am I leaning on the future, the past, toppling onto it, wrestling with it, defending myself against it? What does it take to come back into a space that's innate? Isn't even my space. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> First of all, it's just to, to keep remembering that there is that. And then recognize what takes one out of it, these tremendous pushes and pulls that get engendered in contact. What's a wise boundary to have around contact? So we don't, you know, we don't go into areas where we're very reactive or we try to limit that. What's a skillful limitation? What's a skillful restraint? What's a skillful, um, you know, what we actually give our attention to? Hmm? So this is all the the kind of, um, you know, the learning and why the Buddha did give us both a, you know, might say an internal teaching, Dhamma, external teaching, Vinaya, which you can see as a series of rules, but it's really just the theme around which, you know, procedures got laid down around a particular theme. The theme is of how do we live it's the eightfold path. How do we live in a way whereby you know, we can keep that sense of access to freedom in what we're doing? So, speaking of limitation, I'll place a limit on my verbiage for the evening. <laughs> Tonight is the uh, uh, clocks are going doing forward. Time remains the same, just the numbers change. So uh, I'll conclude.